Okay, you ready? Ready? Yeah. Stop on the open road. Now was not the time to flop. The buzz is formulating, Jimmy. Now's the time to drop. Is everything around you the finest flow will amaze? You can't honor what I'm on, and bitch, nigga, get gone. Air gas will because it's just all, all is just too good. Yo, what is good, everybody? You are listening to another eargasm review from the Where's My 48s crew, and we're gonna go ahead and we're going to officially pay homage to one of the best new rappers that we sadly lost this year in September. Mac Miller, we're going to review his album Swimming. Still doesn't. You know, it's weird. Like, it, you know it happened, but it doesn't, like, completely register. I watched an, I watched his NPR performance because I couldn't do it. Like, I couldn't watch it after he passed. I just couldn't watch anything with him in it. And for, to, for the reviews today, I went ahead and I watched his NPR Tiny Desk performance. And then I watched his interview with, uh, was it, uh, is it Zane Lowe? Mm-hmm. And wow. Um, first off, he was in a very, very happy, positive place in the mm-hmm. Zane interview. And he did an amazing Tiny Desk performance. Mm-hmm. And you look at both of those and it's like in every film, in every autobiography film about some person's life, this is exactly when they die. When they bounce back, they have figured it out. They're like, I'm in a happy, I'm in a better, happier place. And they actually look like it. I've never mm-hmm. seen them look this healthy before. And then they die. That's exactly mm-hmm. how his story played out. Like, there's not a lot of rappers that I say I would want a um a film about. But, you know, after some wounds have healed, and I think Mac Miller, a, a story about Miller not done by BET or Lifetime. Somebody who actually can do a, a, a good product, a good production. A story about Mac Miller would be good for, for a multitude of reasons. One, because while he was really fucking popular, I still don't think a lot of people listen to his music. I don't, I don't think a lot of people were aware of how good Mac Miller actually was. I think he had his fans, but it was a lot of people outside of it. That I'm just like just looking at his last album and the sales it did. It only sold like thirty thousand its first week. Mm-hmm. Mac was popular off of like the tour circuit and shit. Like those diehard fans that'll come see you, they might not necessarily buy your album, but they'll buy tickets to your show and shit. Mm-hmm. He's definitely like a a, a, a Z generate a, a Z Gen Z millennial artist. So I think their sales work a little bit different, but. I feel like there Mac had his core base of fans, and I feel like that was a that is a whole separate world from some of the rest of pop culture. So for people to actually see what he did, like how talented he really was, because I still don't think a lot of people have gone and actually listened to his music, which annoyed me wow. when he died. Because there were a lot of people who were who would come up in your post if he was like your R.P. Mac Miller, he was dope, and they would come up in your post and be like, who? And I'm like, yo, if you don't know who, you don't have to comment. Like, you really right. don't have to comment. Rude as fuck. You could just hit Wikipedia and see. And you, I, you had a lot of people, too. Like, they kind of just knew the self-care song. <laughs> Which was the single. Right. So they'd be like, man, I'm so sad he died. Self-care. Like, I love that song. And then that would be it. And I mean, I understand. Because, you know, like, I've always said, like, I wasn't. It took me a minute to get to Mac Miller and finally appreciate him. And, you know, once I listened back, you know, and I was like, dang, what was I thinking about? Like, it was one of those ones. Like, I just didn't, it didn't click early on like y'all did. But it's one thing if you listen to swimming and you felt, you know, a connection to it and it made you want to listen to other things. And then it just so happened he tragically died more or less on being like i want to be on the wave of this is so sad let me just name mm-hmm. the last song oh self-care i'll just say that mm-hmm. like, it's a big difference so um yeah those are the ones that got on my nerves <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pretty much but um i mean i mean i, I think it was initially ruled out the gate that it would that he overdosed 
And yeah. this came a couple of months after he had a car accident where he crashed into a pole and he fled the scene and they had arrested him. And he talked about that in his Zane interview too. So he was so positive about it. He was like, that crash was the wake up call he needed because he had never suffered a consequence for any of the stuff he'd been doing for 10 years. And by stuff, I mean, he was a drug addict. Right. Yeah, he was. And he was he was sipping lean and shit like hardcore. He came in the game like that. You got to realize Mac popped off. Mac started rapping when he was 14 and no, like noticeably rapping. And then his career popped off when he was 17. So he mm-hmm. came in the game mad young and he died young. Mm-hmm. And he was doing hard drugs that whole time. And he was saying that car crash was the first time he ever really suffered the consequences for any of that shit. So that I was his wake up call. Yeah. And then he died. It's like, and like it, it made it worse to see that interview because that got me thinking, I wonder what happened. Like, did he get triggered? And go back and uh, use hard. Like he just like yeah. he was off it for a minute. And he was trying to keep clean. And then something happened. And he went back and and because he was supposed to do a video shoot the day he died when they yeah. found him. And he just he just went he just went hard on whatever he was used to using. And 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 finally just did too much. Or he could have like been off for a minute and just maybe not done as hard, but it just his body just wasn't receptive to it. Kind of like um, uh, Amy Winehouse, like you know how she just kind of cut cold turkey mm-hmm. with drinking. But you know, if you've been doing it for so long, your body is already prone and like used to doing it. So cutting cold turkey, they always said it's bad. So it kind of like shut off almost in a way. Well, did you so- watch her um, her doc? With the- no. So if you watch her documentary. She was actively drinking and progressively getting worse. And her father was her manager at the time. And he was a piece of shit. And he he let her spiral down. Like he like when she died, Um, it wasn't a surprise. When she died, it was like, yeah, we saw this coming because you see her getting smaller and smaller and looking worse and worse. She was so tiny. In his care. Right. And in that, like that night, one of those nights she finally died. Right. Yeah. And it's the thing, like she was get trying to get better and they thought that was her way of getting better was just to stop cold turkey and that is what killed her mm-hmm. you know what i mean even though you one would think like okay she's stopping that's a good thing and it was but unfortunately her body was just too weak to even handle that because it was so nah. used to functioning on alcohol she was so fucking small like it was nowhere she her body was. was gonna handle that shit but she was tiny but yeah you you almost it just like what you said about mac like it it you just have all these questions because i remember they said like people were with him you know they was watching like i think the steelers game or something like that so it's kind of like what all really happened you know what was he thinking did was he even like because oh rah 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 with his friends did that prompt him to do, you know, more than what he normally did or just something that he might have not done, period? Yeah. Just, you know, because I don't think they ever did they come back with the toxicology report or um, I'm not I couldn't find any information directly about it. So I'm not sure. Yeah, it's just the risk is really, really sad because as you see, like the progression, especially with the last two albums you know, just sonically, musically, you know, it it just makes you think like, okay, you're, you're thinking this way, you're making music this way at 26. So, you know, what would your sound be in, you know, when you're 30 or, you know, even longer than that, when you get more like life experiences and exposed to more stuff, like, it's just, it's just really sad. Yeah. So, um, Divine, I'm divine. Um, I'm about to talk about the last album. Swimming was released August third, as well, the same week as Travis Scott's Astro World. It was um he had been developing it over a year since the release of um the Divine Feminine was where because he did Good AM in 2015 and in 2016 he did Divine Feminine and then he released this one this year so he had been working on it after that. And at that point, um, I think it was Pharrell who told him he should sing more. So Divine Feminine was where he first really got into the, okay, I'm going to try mostly singing on this 10-track album. 
and that's my favorite Mac album. So <clears throat> he does that, and that yeah, kind of fuels. Yeah, that it, it's it's different. Like it's raw, and yeah. that that influenced that encouraged him to continue with this album, which is more of him developing an understanding of himself, where he's been, the trials and tribulations, the ups and downs, and how he's been dealing with them. And you hear it all throughout this album. And then just sonically, the features on production, his hand is Larry Fisherman, a lot of the things that went into play, even stuff as subtle as background vocals have featured credits on this album. Mm -hmm. One word, background vocals, vocals will have feature credits. Like that's actually Snoop Dogg. That's not a sample uh, of Snoop Dogg, which would also, I guess, actually be Snoop Dogg. You know, that, that uh, J.I.D. is on here Sam, as, as a vocal back in the background. It's like one word vocal. Yeah. You know, J. Cole is on here as a producer and background vocal. John Brynum. I mean, Brian is on here. You know, movie score. Um, Kanye. Right. Huh? And I thought Sid was on something. Sid is, Sid is on here as a background vocal. Steve Lacey is on here as a producer and a background vocal. Tay Beast is producer. Flying Lotus is on here as production. Eric G from Jamla is on here. They found him. <laughs> Nigga. Nigga. They found Nigga. him. <laughs> Dude, I'm sitting here going through the stuff and I see Eric G. And I'm like, mm-hmm, okay, okay. And then I listen to the song. And right when that beat flip, I hit Eric, Eric G. And I'm like, yo. Where they find this nigga at? He's actually been producing for other people the whole time. He just kind of stays under the radar. Like he he's been that good with it. Um, on, on the same song with uh, uh Terry Lewis and, and James Harris, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, like he's on this track. You know, I don't know if that's sampling or if they was actually working. Yeah, um, he uh he sampled. That's what uh, I figured. Dante's got a man at home. There you go. Yeah. Um, Cardo is on here. The the fucking Cardo and Flying Lotus. That conversation is part one beat is fucking <laughs> marching through the alley dope yeah. let's see um it, it's just a lot john mayer is also here that's why i was saying he was hanging out with a whole lot of niggas hip-hop <laughs> niggas yes niggas <laughs> for the last year pharrell is on here um dude from blood orange Devonte hines is on here nice so nice. yeah it's it just he has a full lineup of like just dope credits and this album is clearly an amalgam of all of his talents over the years and the growth from them and then he died and i'm like fucking hell man it's just it's like i said it's just really and i you know even because like when i heard it it didn't like i said even now like i know but it in ways it just doesn't register and, you know, I didn't feel like that since, honestly, like, when I first heard that Aaliyah died. Like, you know, um, again, like, just so talented and so liked by so many people. Like, no one had, like, any bad thing to say about him. Like, you know, just giving, just, you know, just all these great things to hear about him and, you know, how talented he is and how, you know, I remember is like, gushing over him and, the things that she was saying about him and well really everybody and it's just like oh, I mean Pot gave a speech dedicated I think a speech to him at the BET Awards Aww. this week they're doing Jeez. like the, the fucking event that they're doing in his honor at the end of October the lineup for that is fucking phenomenal it's one of the best festivals I've ever seen a lineup for yeah. and it it sailed out like what in like three seconds I guess two? it did it's uh, I man if I had the money if I had the money and the time, because you got to fly like, all the way out. Like, that's like a one in a million. Like, that's about to be ridiculous. Yeah. And even if somebody films it, it just still probably wouldn't. Nah. Like, grasp fully, like, actually being there and feeling, like, all that energy. Oh, my gosh. I knew my, my girl, cause she, she was like, I kind of wrote him off as a kind of that frat boy juvenile type rap. And she was like, so at like, you know, when he passed and she was like, I hear it. She said, usually, you know, if somebody passed, you hear a bunch of dirt and stuff come up. She said, everything I hear about the dude is that he's nice as fuck. (laughs) 
And she was like, I, you know, like everything, like everything, just like he's nice. Like, everyone was like, no, he's a nice person I've ever met and stuff like that. So then I kept listening to him. So I li- I showed, I heard, I, I would play some of the old, you know, some of his newer stuff when I was in the car. Cause she'll be like, who that? I'd be like, that's Mac. And she'd be like, he has some time. I had to go back and listen to his stuff. And she was like, I should, you know, I, I think I should have gave him more of a chance when he was alive. But she was like, I can kind of feel like when it, I mean, when, when it happened, she was like, this has to be sad because like everybody, there's so many people coming out and being like, he was a nice to do. He would help you all in the studio. I just like hanging out with him. We we loved the marriage like that. Nobody came out and say anything bad about him. Nothing. And Nothing bad at all. This is like like we had a conversation on the last podcast episode about talking dirt on people who passed, particularly in uh tinnitus temptation to not to not tactin tactical intrusion interference to no shit. Right. TikTok Tapio, tapio- TikTok Tapio Toupe. And <laughs> Ooh, TikTok Tapio Tapio I like that. Yeah. I like that. You didn't even say what I said, but I like that too. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know what? Like, it don't matter. It don't matter. It's I just heard tapioca. <laughs> I said TikTok tapioca tapioca toupe. <laughs> it's hard to say. It's not I, easy to say. I called, it, I called a nigga 2K. Like the game. You did. See? It works. But uh either way, that nigga, when he passed, it's all these mixed emotions and it's nothing but dirt. And it's just it's just messy. It's just fucking messy. And there's no tribute. There's no fucking tribute concert. There's, there's like nobody's lining up to go perform for this nigga. And he had, he had all these albums sold, and he was so popular in the world of uh, Mac Miller dies, and the first thing you see is a flyer come out for every fucking dope ass nigga in the game that Mac Miller's ever worked with, deciding that they're gonna do a, a concert together for, for him. I'm like, it's- bruh. I mean, even when Aaliyah died, like that's when all the dirt came out. Like, oh, she was pregnant when she died, and you know, she rushed to get back because you know Dane wanted her to be back. Like, you heard, I still heard like bad, like you know, like gossip, like you know about her. I mean, you still got like a whole bunch of people saying like wonderful things about her, but you still heard like some tea, you know, in in a, in a sense. But like with yeah, with Mac, I heard nothing. <laughs> I Literally believe it nothing. too. In an age where there's no secrets. And right. You, but you never really? heard dirt on him. The only time we heard dirt on Matt was when he broke up with him and Ariana cut cut ties and it was like he was abusive and he was, had a drug problem. That was this year. You know what See, I'm saying? I never like, heard abusive. I just heard drug problems. I, I think I heard yeah, I, I, I thought heard, I read it I was heard. like domestic um abuse yeah. and drug problems. I, I thought I heard like like he was very controlling. And manipulative, and like, but it was like the use of drugs, and then mm. that's why when all the stuff came out, even when like when I first listened to this album, I was like, oh, he's dealing, he's talking about all of that stuff. But he's it been like over the summer, he had got he had got clean and got to kind of a better place. I'm telling you, don't watch this ain't low interview because he looks so bro. He looks like Aww. he's about to turn it around and make it like. And what's crazy is I went back and I made a Mac Miller playlist on Apple. Um, on on Apple Music, um, you can find it if you're non-black. Are and you neglecting Spotify? No, I'm. I, I use Spotify all this. I use them both the same. It's funny. I use Spotify on my PS4 when I'm gaming. I use Apple Music when I'm at work on my phone. And typically, if I can't find something on Apple Music, I run straight to Spotify. So I use okay. them both. And I need them both. I definitely. Need, I I don't need to dial. I was gonna say I don't know how you neglect spotify i'm not that makes sense I fuck with yeah spotify. like uh title i don't I... matter of fact i found an r&b playlist i need to share with you on spotify that i found by accident this week and it's dope as fuck it's all indie nice. r&b shit but i'm, I'm gonna give Ooh, you that information nice. after the show so um i'm like like I'm, I'm listening to his old projects to make this playlist and mac has been dealing with these struggles since um <clears throat> best day mm-hmm. okay and I wish I had listened deeper to his music because he has been talking about it. He's actually never been silent about the darker side of how he feels. You know, Blue Slide Park sounds happy, but it's a lot of negative shit on there. Watching movies with the sound off is absolutely dark. Good AM is dark. Yeah. He has these bouts of struggle throughout all of his albums. Yeah. Yeah. It was hit or miss, but it was definitely dark. In the moments where it shines. So it, it, Mac Miller was a very complicated character. And he was also very talented and very gifted. And what's funny is he came in the game wanting to sing. He didn't come in wanting to rap. 
but he started rapping and that allowed him, you know, popularity off of that to sing. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he still used somebody from Jamla Records this later, this much later in the game. Cause he was on that, he was in that same group with like Kendrick and them that was doing songs with Knife Wonder back on like the Wonder Years tapes and stuff. He mm-hmm. was definitely working with Knife and them a lot, working with Rhapsody and them a lot. So the fact that he still fucks with them for production on this latest album 10 years later is like that just kind of shows the type of relationships I think that Mac built and kept despite all of the stuff he was dealing with he still kept good relationships with people it's sad to see this kid go but all right so let's let's talk about this album um I mean again this the our scale is you know would you tell people to listen to it would you listen have you heard it once you it's good but you probably won't hear it again listen to it again it's not something you would waste any time over, or is it just terrible? Like, I think we all are in agreement that swimming is definitely something that you need to listen to. If you oh, have yeah, any absolutely. interest in Mac in Mac in Mac Miller. I wanna I keep wanting to say Max Miller. I don't know why. If you have any interest in Mac Miller, the white boy with the mouth Mal- with the name Malcolm. <laughs> oh yeah, I definitely agree. Like, even if this is your first introduction to Mac Miller, it's still a wonderful introduction. And it's still what should be, like after you listen to it, make you want to listen to more things by him. Because I mean, you can still, because like I said, I was late and, um, you know, I listened, I think the first one I really like listened to listen to was watching movies with the sound off and maybe was like, oh, wow. Like I like him. And then it made me go back to, you know, certain you know, mixtapes and, and albums, and it made me appreciate him. So I can't see any difference with you starting off with swimming and making you want to listen to other things by him. I think it probably would make you just as sad because you'd be like, oh, wow, this was it, you know, because of him passing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um. I guess we can, I mean... I just I feel like there's like not really one way to describe the music on this album other than just it 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 can it goes from being mellow and sounding like it's down to being like upbeat dance to mm-hmm. being like funk. I mean, what's the use to me easily not easily has like some of hmm, it, there, there, there are certain moments when I'm listening to it that I'm, a, I'm reminded of Kendrick's King Kunta, and a lot mm-hmm. of it has to do with the baseline. Mm-hmm. So, was Thundercat part of? I, King think, I believe Thundercat is jamming on that. He definitely played for that live. I think when they were at the uh, NPR joint, Thundercat 100 mm-hmm. played the baseline on King Kunta. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, well, I've seen that he played on Swimming though. That I'm not sure about. That uh, that might have been a. Uh, he played on one song. He did. He played. He, but he's I don't on, think it was that one. He's on here. He's on here listed as uh, credited for writing. What's the use? But I don't know if he is playing. They have bass guitar, Thundercat on Genius. On as, Genius. Long, as well as background vocals. This be. is what Genius is saying. Mm-hmm. Was, uh, what did you use the one that had... Uh, What's that dude's name? Dom Funk. Yes, Dom Funk is on there from uh from Stone's Throw. Yep. Yeah, cause like I, um, it's actually pronounced Dame Funk. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I said it, I was like, that voice. The way like, you said you, that. <laughs> if you fucking sound like, like Kip like, from Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> his stuff is extremely. Oh, the, the the kind of the 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 funk that he had that he used on a lot of stuff the G funk that he uses a lot of stuff like I wasn't surprised to see that he worked on it when I heard what's the use because mm-hmm. it is just a funky ass vibe on that song that makes you want to like they, they, it's just a nice little groove that makes you want to get up and two step like you want to pull your girl up and just dance mm-hmm. yeah I mean no it does but that's I mean that's good you caught. Um, Thundercat and the similarities with that and King Kuta. It's I'm, to yeah. me, it just they just fade yeah. with each Th- other. 
Yeah, because Thunder played with him. Because Thunder, were, they they were on the, they were supposed to do a tour together. Him and Thundercat before he, before he, yeah before they passed. That's Bro, why they were. That's why he was on the, um, the tiny desk with him. I was getting tickets to that show too when it came through yeah. there. Me too. I was ready to buy them. Like I was so ready to buy them. Me too. And I think that's a lot of people said that too. Like, dog, we leave you ready for an out, like a tour. Oh my god. And I was like, I am too, because I got to see him. You know, for like the divine uh, feminine, and that was I amazing. Not. So, so let me put y'all guys on some crazy shit, right? So the tour was officially announced and stuff, right? It was, right? Yeah, no, yeah. the dates and everything were okay, out. and yeah, JID was opening for him, right? Mm-hmm. So, not only was the tour gonna happen, it was gonna be Mac Miller and fucking JID, and it was gonna be incredible, but it was gonna be a full band. Our drummer from Kendrick, Rico Nichols, is going to be playing drums on it. And I think our monitor engineer, Chris, was probably going to end up mixing because he mixed monitors for Mac Miller for years. And yet again, like everybody else, nothing but good things to say about Mac as a person. Um, there was a very real outside chance that uh, I would have ended up going on that tour because that's a that was an account that my company had for like the audio package. That tour was going to be insanely good oh man they were just about to like literally rico was about to fly out to start rehearsals when they got the phone calls mm. oh that's so sad yeah, it's horrible. he had a live band for the last tour and it was phenomenal so yeah. i can just imagine this nigga brought in violinist for <sighs> 2009 on tiny desk and they they, yeah. they had never played the song live in front of an audience like that, that was their stupid, he, he they yeah, didn't have time to practice. Amazing. So that their first time playing it live for an audience was on Tiny Desk. Oh, I'm getting chills. That is and it's fucking moving. Okay, we gotta get into these tracks. Let's let's go because we'll right. be here. <laughs> right. So the I'm song <laughs> the album the album opens up with Come Back to Earth. And at, at, for me, the the sign that an album is going to have my full fucking attention for the full damn runtime absolutely is if you have an opening line that just sticks my man said my regrets look just like texts i shouldn't send what and i was like wait hold on what did he just say (laughs) wait is that and i got neighbors they more like strangers we could be friends i was like wow this is about to be some shit (laughs) max mac miller about to get up in my soul and what really pissed me off while reading some stuff on his wiki page were some of the reviews and one reviewer said they wished he had taking a bit more time with his what? his words been a, painted painted better imagery like lyrically and i'm just like were you fucking listening to his words because it might sound basic what he's saying but it's absolutely not really Ugh. i just sometimes you know critics they get on my nerves because they don't they probably just brush through it i was like oh this is not hitting this is not drake's depth right oh fuck you this this album is deep y'all like and that's and kendrick is for me kendrick has never been like punchline deep kendrick has always been i just painted a full fucking picture you know what i'm saying yeah i've I've just painted a full a full fucking picture from you in a way that you could never have been would have been able to verbalize that exactly worship me yeah that's way more important to me than a punchline dog like a punchline lasts a hot second that type of imagery that that kendrick creates embeds itself in you so every time you listen to the song it's a full body experience and i think Mm -hmm. mac miller was able to do that on this album he's been he's done it before but he was able to do it song for song consistently on this album and it opens like that the first two bars hit you hard i agree you know and this is produced by john bryan too so like being able to craft some type of uh being able to craft a sound that would go that would beautifully go behind visuals that's his forte yeah definitely um the next track is hurt feelings and that's thank god j cole did not sing yeah sing rap <laughs> sorry i don't know i'm just glad he just was like let me just give you a fire beat 
and I'll leave and you it, alone. And it really was. Fine. I didn't realize this was a J. Cole beat, but it sounds like a J. Cole well, beat. Well, it's a, it's a Brian Blood dude from Blood Orange, Dev Hines, and Cole on the beat. But the drums sound like J. Cole shit. It sounds yeah. like a J. Cole beat, but yeah, again, thank God that J. Cole didn't rap on it. And Pharrell is one is listed as a writer. I'm glad he didn't sing. Like it's just you know, there's sometimes, you know, in, in, in a lot of stuff where you should like we always say about J. Cole and a lot of others, just leave shit alone. Like, Bro, J. Cole need to be like Odyssey and just release a few beat tapes, and I'd be like fucking with them joints hard. Exactly, exactly. Because you know he'll croon in a minute, and you like nigga, no, no, I don't want to hear that. I, I want to s- hear that dry ass crooning. So I want to hear Mac crooning because he sounds good when he does it. So I'm glad he just left it alone. I'm glad Pharrell didn't add an ad lib. I'm I'm glad that they just let him like Mac be Mac. Putting way too much on my shoulders, please hold me down. I keep my head above the water, water. My eyes getting bigger, so the world is getting smaller. I be getting richer, but that only made me crazy. Mama told me I was different even when I was a baby. That Mercedes through the PA when I pull up, pull up. sounding like a concert or a, or a monster truck. I'm tripping, but I'm falling up. Always said I wanted all, but it's not enough. Okay. Yeah. I'm always saying I won't change, but I ain't saying. Oh, it's not this song. I got I'm trying to remember which song it was on this album. There was a song up here that I was like, Anderson Pac would have been perfect for a bridge that he does. Like he does it in himself, and it sounds fine. But I was like, I Wait. feel like. I feel like Pac, like Pac would have would have added that that subtle element that he needed. Wings. It it might be wings. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, hurt feelings is dope, and of course, Mac and flow like that's even the chorus. I mean, the chorus is like catchy. Yes. Oh yeah. In a good way, of course. Now, um, the album picks up quick with what's the use. Once that mm-hmm. fucking bass line comes in, that shit is groovy as hell. Mm-hmm. And the hook is, man, <laughs> his voice, his the rawness of his voice just perfectly, perfectly fits for this fucking hook, dog. <laughs> it does. You got Snoop on here. That it is. That is Snoop. Sid is on here, too. Uh, the first time I heard cat. this, I was like, that sounds just like Snoop. Is he doing the I'm not going to credit nobody but have mad features in the background thing? Which I like, and Travis Scott does too, which I really appreciate. It makes you like, I don't know, pay attention more, I think. But yeah, mm-hmm. he really got Snoop on there. That's just we don't have, And it's not Snoop Lion. It's not Gospel Snoop. <laughs> nope, it is Snoop D-O-double-G. Right? <laughs> like my smoke partner, Snoop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, it's real funky. I love it. I just love the way he in the hook. Never superficial. You don't know it when it hits you. Get a little sentimental when I'm off the juice. I'm like, this shit flow, bruh. Also, he got a bar on here. He says, should I work too hard to have a clue who you are? I love that line so much. <laughs> Yo, Mac be talking that shit. shit. Cold yeah. as fuck. I love it, man. That's dope. Mac, Mac was on it, man. Like, this shit just this shit just jams so damn hard. I was like, wait, if he is he gonna have other tracks on here like this? The answer is yes. He yeah. is. <laughs> uh the next track is Perfecto. And Perfecto features. Let me pull this up. Uh I don't know any of these people besides John Bryan. I don't know who T Watt is. I'm not familiar. T Watt. I have no clue who that is. Um, let's look. He's a producer from VA. That's all I see. Shout out to the homeland, baby. He looks like he's done stuff with anime. He did warm it up with Logic. He did some Tory Lane stuff. A dude named Cousin Sticks. Who cares? Um, that's all I see that we kind of know. No, he do got a line up here that kind of that hit me today. I, as much time as many times I've heard this album. I don't know how I missed it. He said, uh, I can move dates. I got something else to do. They always do hate. If I do say the do say with the homemades, like it's Kool-Aid, 
I was like, why did yeah, I not yeah. catch that before? Why did I not catch the say shit before? <laughs> Probably because it might be flowing like water. He does. That's why. That's the only reason. I'm wondering if it's this song that I thought Pac should have been on. I'm charging water. I'm on the fence, on the line, adding up what's on my mind. I think it is this one. On the crowd's head, on the on the wall, shit, I was bugging. Miss me like you getting withdrawal. I keep that coming. Yeah. I'm treading water, I know. If I stop moving, I flow. Ain't nothing new. Just play it cool, baby. Just play it cool. You know? Cool. Well, it ain't perfect, but I don't mind. Yeah, no, no. He's keeping that same energy throughout the whole album. So the next joint yeah. is, is the single, Self Care. Which grew in popularity clearly. Um, I mean, the track list for this album is something to take notice of. Come back to Earth, hurt feelings, what's the use, self care, wings, ladders, small worlds. You know, it, yeah, it ain't accidental, dog. Self care had to grow on me a bit. I didn't initially vibe with it at first, mm-hmm. but um, it, it definitely, it definitely pulled me in. I didn't even know it was a single because I don't listen to the radio. Right. I didn't know. And I think there's even a video for it, which I didn't know about either. Um, I just kind of knew, I think, reading somewhere that they were saying it was about, I guess, the his feelings about uh, his breakup with Ariana Grande or something. But mm-hmm. um, no, I agree. It kind of like hearing it in its entirety like from the album it sounds good but I yeah when I first heard it by itself it just was like oh, okay yeah but damn once you once you click with it yeah that whole I switched the time zones but what do I know I'm like okay Mac had this hook game on lock bro he was in a he was in a groove yo he he's doing hooks the way I wish other rappers would do them instead of trying to write the perfect hook just write hooks the way you write your verses and you'll probably end up with something that works as a hook that will also fit in line with your fucking verses dudes be like no this guy, i got to write a hook no my my nigga you might more naturally organically write a hook just continuing to write the song the way you were before and i feel like that's how mac writes his hooks they fit right mm-hmm. along with his damn verses yeah and since he's singing them like that again it just works fucking perfectly um the next track is wings which is tough yeah this is the one i thought you were talking about with um the hook it might be this one it's, it's for me right now it's up in the air between this and perfecto because that pre-chorus might be what i was talking about you was thinking about yeah, that's what I thought you were talking about. I mean, it's, it's eat all of them are dope, but yeah. Fucking beat for thought. wings is so good, yo. Who is mm. the producer for this? Um, this Alexander Spit. Alexander. Oh no, Alexander Spit. Alexander programming. Spit. Yeah, Alexander Spit. That's programming, but that doesn't necessarily. Well, I don't know. That's drum programming and stuff normally. Well, I don't know. Who knows? Alexander Spit, better known as the stage name Alexander Spit. Or Alexander Manzano, better known as the stage name Alexander Spit. Alexander Spit, better known as Alexander Spit. Is an American rapper and record producer from Los Angeles, California. He released a full-length album in 2013 off Decon Records or Deccan Records. So, seems to be a real person. (laughs) Seems to be a real person. I'm just saying, seems to be a real person. I've never heard of him. That's a dope name, but I'm surprised no other rapper has it. But right, no. Not only thing I see he's done, he did something with Mike G. Okay. Yeah. Mike G from Odd Future. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yo, this track has some really, really cool instrumentation going on in the background. It's like these horns that come in and out of the mix and like all the shit. This, I mean, the production is excellent all the way through this album, but this is one of the standouts for me. For me, it stands out because of the way he he decided to flow into it, and the way the beat drops as he's already flowing. So it's like he, I don't know, like he's painting the picture with his words, and then like the background gets added. 
and also, it fits into the picture. The hi hat in this sounds like a literal clock ticking. Yeah, which is really cool. Mm. It's a lot going on in this track. It's just a beautiful ass song. Um, yeah. So the next track, the next track is Ladders, which is another beautiful ass song. Yeah, I love this song. Yeah, uh, these these songs about like going high. With all with these with these different meanings to them are like bother me so much now, but I can't stop listening to them because they're so good. Right. I'm in love with a lie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know it feels so good right now, but it all comes falling down. I mean, it's. I mean, ugh. you know, it's funny now that you know you you hear a lot of people like say the whole. You know, some people have this pre-emotion that they're not going to be on this earth for very long. Yes. <laughs> you know, and you hear stuff like this and you'd be like, dang, did he kind of know, you know? Right. Um, he predicted. No, he predicted how he's going to die. And what's funny is on earlier albums, he was saying he didn't want to die. He join the 27 Club. And die without having a kid. Like, to give his mother mm-hmm. a grandchild. Like, these are the ways he didn't want to die. And this is how he died. Like the fact this just feels like I don't know closer like like I know it's not gonna like it's coming now or soon very soon in a way I guess because you have like this introspective of life so it's as introspective as this song is too that key bass line and that guitar is funky as shit this song jams so hard my man said do you mind if I blow your mind (laughs) yeah so small worlds was one of the other songs one of my favorite joints up here that fucking uh, Tay Beast was killing this but uh, this is one of the songs he performed on Tiny Dust as well Mm-hmm. And I think uh, I think this is the one that Thundercat actually played the bass for at the Tiny Desk performance. Oh, nice! I need to look at that. Yeah, I think he played the fucking cowbell for uh, what's the use, and then played the bass line on this. That's amazing. Because Mac Miller was joking, and he's like, "That's Thundercat back there playing the damn triangle." Yeah, because he he was hiding. Yes, like, he was just in the back chilling. And I remember looking back at like that dude looked a lot like Thundercat. Yeah, then Thundercat is a weird ass dude, yo. He really is, and it's he's like super weird. And his, his album fit, yeah. Drunk is like the most his personality ass album of all time. Um, yeah, this shit is just. Didn't this one have a beat flip? I yes, it sure does. The next one, the third verse is a beat flip. Just getting so sad. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. Times out of ten, I get it wrong. That's why I wrote this song. Tell myself to hold on. I can feel my fingers slipping in a motherfucking instant. I'll be gone. Do you want it all if it's all mediocre? Staring at the wall in the wall full of posters. Looking at my dreams, who I want to be. I guess you got to see it to believe. Oh, I've been a fool, but it's cool. That's what yeah, I'm sorry. This just sounds like somebody's last album. It just constantly sounds more and more like somebody's last album. Mm, it does. God damn. Um, the next track is Conversations Part Two, and this is one of my favorite beats on the project. Like of all the jam beats, just this, this, this is the one of this is probably one of the only shit, man. Yeah, it's the only one. I was about to say it's the only one that knocks on this right. album, and it knocks in tune with the rest of the album. No, it doesn't. It doesn't purposely stand out, and it definitely works. It's a melodic knock. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. 
it, it, it gets the damn job done. Same shit, no way. You ain't from my planet, we don't speak the same language. This is in that fucking high twinge that comes in on this shit. I'm feeling good and hate Shit, I don't recognize these faces. Yeah, where you from? Who you came? Started in the basement, made it way above the top. Now I'm in the spaceship, in the spaceship. That shit sound like some schoolboy would rap over. I swear to God, mm-hmm. that shit works so perfectly. That that stark contrast between that bass and that high note melody that's playing over it is just so damn good. And this, think, what was the dude Cardo? He's done. Didn't, I think man, he's done stuff with. Yeah, I know he's done stuff with everybody. Cardo has done a lot of shit. Cardo, yeah. Steve Lacey is on this. No, Steven uh, Flying Lotus is on this. My bad. Flying Lotus is on this too. Like you can hear it too. You can hear that shit. Yeah, you can hear. Yeah, he did that part. <laughs> you can hear that shit. Um, next track number ten is Dunno, and I guess Dunno is one of the only ones that kind of like is there, mm-hmm. and doesn't really resonate for me. And part of the reason that it doesn't is because my favorite song on this album is Jet Fuel. Oh yeah, let's not talk about it. <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, Jeff is amazing. But yeah, this one, um, I think when I when I read the um, the lyrics to it, I think I remember it just sounding like this is probably one of the post breakup songs. Yep, the Ariana Grande yeah. dedication yeah. songs. Um, but I mean, it's you know that's one thing about Mac, like you know, and I think that's why partly too like when we were talking about like you really don't you never heard any bad thing it's kind of like he's he's pretty much you know opened up and said everything you know that he's done that you know he may be not proud of or he's working on like he's been vulnerable with a lot of stuff and you know this this definitely is one song like he's very vulnerable about mm-hmm. but you know you can always appreciate So yeah, it's it's not a bad song, but I can see why you'd say like out of all of them, this is not like your favorite favorite. No, it just it kind of just floats up like it comes in between one of the but the beats that I think is that's probably my favorite beat on the album, and then the next one after it is my favorite song on the album. So it it didn't have a chance, honestly. <laughs> it just didn't have a chance. It's not its fault. It's the fact that the other two songs it's it's sandwiched between it's superior are just it's it's. It's sandwiched between some really good ass pieces of bread, you know. So, yeah, I got you. Yeah, the next joint is a uh, jet fuel, and yeah, jet fuel fire. Yeah. First of all, this shit sound like some currency shit, so that's why I automatically fell into it. <laughs> I wanted to see him perform this live so bad, yo. Oh, this would be lit. Oh, I wanted to see him perform this live. Yeah. Used to want to be a superhero, flying around with a cape, catching bad guys. Now my head underwater, but I ain't in the shower and I ain't getting baptized. To the good and the bad times, all the cuts, broken bones. Hold on, bro. Now my head underwater, but I ain't in the shower and I ain't getting baptized. But my man wasn't saying nothing on this album, right? He could have been a little more <laughs> lyrical. <laughs> to the good and the bad times, all the cuts, broken bones, and the black eyes. Young motherfucker with a mad mind made a couple million off of rap lines. Like Mac was writing, dog. I'm sorry. I don't know what you were talking about. <laughs> Yeah, this yeah, is song. Fucking Mac was writing on his album. <laughs> God damn. My girl is too clutch to choke. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> oh, this is just making me sad. <laughs> they say, y'all don't need to know how I go because I know what you want. All I want to do is the most. 
Mm. I need to put that a shirt. That needs to be on a shirt. All I want to do is the most, nigga. <laughs> that that's perfect for a fucking t-shirt. It really is. About to put that to add that to the list. <laughs> Can we do that? Next track, we're two from the end now. Number twelve is two thousand and nine. Two thousand and nine is Eric G produced, and he he performed this at, like I said, he performed this for Tiny Desk, and they had women there, some black women playing the violins, and you have to go watch it on YouTube. Like you have to mm-hmm. go listen to it and watch it. He this must have been one of his favorite songs to do, because he was fully vested in singing this shit. He it was it, it, he channeled some new energy for this one. They have this, and I didn't realize until Twan said the sample. I was like, they sampled the most. You know how much flack that girl got from that damn song. Wait, what happened? Oh, from this one. From Shadi's got a man because that this was the song she was gushing because you know it's like I got a man at home. Y'all bitches ain't got one. He's like all this great stuff. And it was about her then, I don't know if they were married at that point or just boyfriend, uh, Kadeem Hardison, who's, um, or Harrison, who's, you know, Dwayne from Different World. And, um, you know, she got so much flack on that because, you know, of course, he cheated on her left and right. And then, like, she made a song called Bitter. <laughs> don't follow me home, nigga. <laughs> like, literally, she's saying that, don't follow me home, nigga. Stop calling my phone, nigga. <laughs> I wish you well, but right now I'm just bitter. <laughs> Those are the chorus lines. Yeah, it's a good ass <laughs> chorus, though, to be fair. <laughs> oh, gosh. There was, I, I just laugh when I see that Shanti's got a man. She was just bragging over that dirty dick, nigga. But sorry. I'm in RB land. I forgot this. Um... This joint got one of my favorite lines of the year on it. That motherfucker, um, my whole team about to figure it out. We ice cold. That's what winter. That's what winter's about. Like the way he said that shit, I was, that shit just stuck the first time I heard it. Oh yeah, that's a that's a dope one. And then um, two thousand and nine is uh, pretty much talking about the success he had and juxtaposed to the worries he had back in two thousand and nine. So like, that was pretty mm-hmm. much when his shit kicked off and. Well, he was rapping at that point. He kicked off in, in 11. But mm-hmm. you listen to the end part. He says, oh, no. Oh, no. I take it. I take it if it's mine. I don't stay inside the lines. It ain't 2009 no more. Yeah, I know what's behind that, though. Mm. He don't have those same worries that he did before. Mm-hmm. The whole chorus he, is, is. Maybe he understands what being in uh music industry is now, too. Yeah, no, I mean, he he opens the hook up with, I don't need to lie no more. Yeah. You know, nowadays, all I do is shine, take a breath and ease my mind, and she don't cry no more. She tell me that I get her high because an angel's supposed to fly, and I ain't asking why no more. Like, I don't understand how you could listen to this album and say that he that it could have been more lyrical. <laughs> what? Right. What did he need to say to be more lyrical? Lyrical, metaphysical, miracle, missiles. Okay, Wu-Tang. <laughs> That's what he needed to say. I ain't expected that. <laughs> you master killed it. I didn't bomb atomically enough, bro. That's <laughs> you, ma- you master killed it, my nigga. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. And it, he, he was in, this is the same energy he had in the Zane Lowe interview. Yeah, they asked me why I'm smiling for. Well, because I've never been this high before. It's like I never felt alive before. I'd rather have my peace of mind than war. Like, he was in a better place. Or he felt he was in a better place. I want to know what the trigger was. Like, I just, for some reason now, I just want to know what the trigger was, man. I know. Like, real talk, I feel like Pete Davidson sent him some old picture, and it that was the You trigger. really think so? Yes. Like, that's that's what's been on my mind all day since I've seen them interviews. And Pete Davidson has been a, a dickhole this whole year. Every yeah. opportunity he's had to be in the news. And I absolutely believe he would send pictures to that man. 
Oh, no, 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 no. Like, I do not doubt that he would do something like that. Like, reading it, it it didn't surprise me. Does that That's something he absolutely would do, even though, you know, now you're hearing all this. He has uh, some mental disorders. Of course he does. You know, yeah. of course now. But, um, no, I, I wholeheartedly believe, like, that's something he could have done or did do. Would that be the break to make Mac do that? I, that's the that's the I don't know for mm, me. Yeah, that's just oh my god, it's so, fucked up regardless because you know again I don't put it past that funny looking dude. Did you Especially know about this, uh... because you know I mean really the the only reason why you know Mac and Homegirl you know broke up was just because of the drug use. Yeah. It wasn't that, you know, they fell out of love. So, and then she, like, literally, like, a couple weeks later, like, dude, you know, Pete was the rebound. I mean, she about to marry that man this year, too. Like, right. Like, they broke up. Yeah, they did. And it, it was a lot of it, they said, was because of Mac passing. Because mm-hmm. it is. It's one thing when, you know, you break up with somebody, but they're physically there. But then when, Regardless if they're your ex or not, like they pass away, that's like a whole different. That's a whole different. Yeah, no, that's tough. Level of emotion. That's you know? that's so, yeah, that's something you can't reconcile with, and you won't blame yourself too. Right, so especially close to your breakup. When you've, it wasn't, and then especially if you you broke up just because of the reasons why he passed, <laughs> and it wasn't a bad, you know, like I still love him. Like we would be together if it wasn't for this part. <laughs> yeah, you know that's that's a lot. That's so, a lot. So the final track on the album is "So It Goes," produced by Larry Fisherman. Which, if you don't know, that's Mag Miller is a pseudo for on being on the boards. And yeah, I mean it. It it, it subtly carries the album out. That is, yeah, I agreed. It's watching him floating Did off you in the read? distance. Oh, good God. This Slaughterhouse-Five, I guess it's a line, features a phrase, so it goes, a line from Kurt Vonnegut. I'm, I'd probably Vonnegut. Vonnegut, Kurt yeah. Vonnegut. It uses the phrase every book. time a death occurs. Really? Wow. He says what now? I'm sorry, what? They said, I guess that guy, that Kurt guy, used that phrase, so it goes, features a phrase, so it goes, every time a death occurs. Uh-huh. In the novel, Jesus. The song is featured in Max's last Instagram story before he died. Mm. Yeah. We'll see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm. that sucked. So, all right, y'all. Yeah. Um, wow. Okay. First of all, I would just like to say that Deidre, you and Twan picked this album for review, so this is y'all's fault. I how mean, we all I feel did, now. and I, I still, I think it's still an album that needed to be reviewed because you know we all met fans as hard as it was, you know. But uh, yeah, it's I guess just going through the songs and getting everybody's like take on everything and just reading more. It's just. This makes me more sad about everything. But what do I know? But you know, they do. I it's you know, I firmly believe there are people. You know, they know when they're not going to be here anymore. You know, maybe sometimes they might say you know a certain year or whatever, and some people kind of know like it's coming, and that might be he might have known. Either way, this shit was uh it was tough to go through this. So um, yeah. If you have not, I I I just can't stress this enough. If you think Mac Miller was just some goofy white boy rapping, like bro, you just don't have any idea. It. I think I, I in comparison of white boys rapping, right now Mac Miller is easily my favorite. He is better than his his catalog. Is better than M's. Um, 
Logic got too damn woke. It's better than Logic's. And honestly, after what happened with um, what's my boy uh, Clark Lark and my go kart. Oh, Asher, Asher, Asher Roth. After the way oh. they they dealt Asher Roth a very very raw hand, and this he should have been in this position that Mac Miller ended up in. I'm glad we got Mac, because this I mean, absolutely this should have been where Asher ended up. That man's that what man's talented. What happened to him? <sighs> Labels just dropped him, and Damn. he did his past blue shit. And then I don't know where the fuck Mac went after. I mean, um, Asher went after that. I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, because it's kind of like you heard him, and like what was that? Two thousand, what like nine, eight, like around that time, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of was like. You went from that, and then it was like nothing. It felt like I don't know. Asheroff got four hundred and seventy nine thousand people following his uh his Facebook, so it ain't like he he not relevant. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like I don't know what he's doing. I guess he's enjoying life though. He must be fine. He must be fine. <laughs> so it's all good. Hmm. It's weird. Yeah. <sighs> but mm, Mac. For, for so sad. He's how many yeah. albums he has? He's six, is it six or five? Mac Miller? Yeah. I think four. No, it's five. Actually, it's sure? no, it's it's six. Um I guess if what you are the albums. So like, if are you, you counting his live albums? If you don't if you don't count Macadel Macad Macadelic as an album. It's then not it's, an album. Then it's, it's five. Up. Even though he went off, he tore it off of it. It's it's five. But if you count that, it's six. I count it because if you torn off a mixtape, that shit is an album. At that point, that's too much energy. <laughs> I'm sorry, you can't just be torn off a tape and being like, "It's an EP." No, nigga, that is an album. <laughs> you can do a whole tour with it. Yeah, you blue slide part, watching movies with the sound off. Good AM, Divine Femininist Women. So those are his legit studio albums. And then if you add Best Day Ever and Macadelic, that's seven projects that you could go back in. That that's and they're and and they're consist. In my opinion, they're good. Um, Best Day Ever is a little Best Day Ever and Blue Slide Park are clearly like label pushes. I think Best Day yeah. Ever is a bit more Mac down to earth than Blue Slide is. But once you get past Blue Slide, everything from there is phenomenal. I agree. Even I, the only one I don't think I listened to was Faces. I've never. I didn't listen to Faces. That's in between. That they said that came out right before um, Good AM. Did he do a Larry Fisherman project too? Not that I don't know. Like just under his. I'm looking at his star and I don't see anything. Like I just okay. see mostly studio mixtape live album. This nigga got a live album. <laughs> yep. Live from space. Yep. Oh, I'm not gonna look for that. Extended plays, but I don't see anything. Um, God, he got stuff. <laughs> I remember when Max production took off, and I was like, "Yo, this nigga can produce now too." Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm gonna have to listen to though um, the Spaces album because they're saying like it's unfortunately they're saying it's a considered by many fans to be his best work for its dark and personal. Yeah, I thought he did run on sentences. Is Larry Fisherman's the Larry Fisherman album or mixtape? I knew he did one. What's it called? Run on sentences. Run on sentences. I think he did. He posted it on SoundCloud. I might be looking. God damn, Faces is 24, 24 songs. It's over 85 minutes. Oh, nice on here. Yeah, there it is. Run on Sentences, Volume 1, as Larry Fisherman, March 4th, 2013. Okay, I might have to look for that. Yeah. All right, y'all. Um, stuff. Go get your Mac on. Not that Mac. And we'll be back with another Where's My Forty Acres episode or album review soon. 
Not sure what our next project is going to be. I'm pretty sure Jameson is going to be on one of the two released next. So if you haven't listened to Jameson's Velvet Project, please do. And if you'd like to send us all a copy of the vinyl for Velvet, I'd appreciate that too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely would appreciate that. Thank you very Me much. Too. And if you have any feedback That's for this. opulent shit. If yeah. you have any feedback for this review, you know what to do. You can call us at 443-832-3494 or you can send us an email, podcast at wisma40acres.com. You can go to our website to listen to past Airgasm reviews and let us know what other albums you would like us to review. We have a list. We have our own list of shit we missed that we definitely want to talk about. But I'm always keeping an ear open to the streets of what y'all want to hear. As long as it's not Lupe Fiasco, please stop asking us to review Lupe Fiasco albums because it's it's just probably it's just not going to happen. Wait, he came out with something else? That Drago's whatever shit. Yeah. Oh, oh, sure. I just, I'm sorry, y'all. We don't like this nigga. Uh, I can't tolerate <laughs> I can't tolerate this nigga. Like, at all. <laughs> so, not for one song. Mm-mm. This nigga could do a song with the dead soul of Minnie Ripperton, and I wouldn't listen to it. <laughs> and I love Minnie, but I'm not listening to Lupe. God, what a waste. What a waste of nigga. I just, yeah, can't do it. And we're out. We'll holler at y'all next time. Peace. <laughs>